Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bring, bring it Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with a Leeds update here on Deadline Day, joined, of course, by the wonderful John McKenzie, you can find on Twitter at John underscore McKenzie, and also his show All Stats Aren't We, which you can find on Twitter and I'm sure all of the podcasting places as well. John, an absolute pleasure having you on. Sounds like there will be a little bit uh, from Leeds today with Rafinha looking close at the moment. Are you excited about that one? Expect it to get done? And is, is there anything else we should expect from Leeds today? Yeah, it's uh, it's an exciting one. I think at the weekend we saw um, Leeds come out against Manchester City, and because Jack Harrison is a um, a, a City loanee, we couldn't play him. And so uh, I think it became immediately apparent that we're a little bit thin in the on the ground when it comes to wingers. So mm, you I can always have Jack of... Clark back. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what? We'll leave him to you. Um, All right, fair we, enough. He's drunk as dry of our Red Bull, so um, <laughs> I'm afraid that's your, your your moral duty and imperative now to make sure he stays in the good stuff. But um, yeah, we, we're a bit thin on the ground when it comes to wingers. Um, we have got Jan Paveda, who um, came from Manchester City as well, uh, but we we own him um, and obviously held the Costa. But then after that, we're starting to look a little bit thin. So uh, another another. Uh, person in the squad will will do very nicely there i've managed to go on wise scout watch a little bit of him he's very exciting uh, another left-footed player of course because victor Orta is desperate to field the most left-footed 11 that the premier league has ever <laughs> seen i think mean, we're not far away from actually being able to field a functional left-footed 11 um, which is largely ridiculous um but yeah another left-footed player very um very pacey uh, very good uh, at, at progressing the ball, which is something that we needed, something that we saw was very useful against Manchester City again at the weekend. Uh, so, yeah, pretty excited about this. The only, I guess, worry that I've seen is there has been some noise about maybe problems with the work permit. So, um, But beyond that, we've been told by the club that it's pretty much definitely happening. And um, I think that's pretty much all to expect from, from Leeds today. Although I do think, you know, that there is still the... Um, EPL EFL um, agreement so you can still make signings for another couple of weeks there so I expect we may bring someone in from the championship just to bolster us gotcha a little interesting that you say you aren't expecting anything else today obviously you were looking to bring in ooh, Michel <laughs> Cuisance sure I think so I'm never entirely sure how to say his name properly his first name <laughs> Cuisance is his surname. That's that's fine, but yeah, it's he's got a sort of he's got a dia, diuresis, I think it's called over the vowels. So I'm not, yeah. never sure if it's like Michael or Mikael if he hardens the ch. But yeah, I can this see is why you got Michael. So <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how he pronounces it. But yeah, well, fortunately, we were, we were at yeah, you don't have to worry about it too much because you didn't manage to bring him in. Um, do you yeah, know why why that fell through? And if there were other targets that were meant to to kind of fill that same position. 
Yes, it's been a really interesting um, window from us. Um, in many respects, I think a lot of, certainly a lot of Leeds fans um, that we've dealt with through through all stats on we where we focus a little bit more on the on the sort of stats and tactics side of things. Be a bit curious about the way that we've sort of approached this window. <clears throat> we already had a number of players who we had to bring in um, because we had them on loan to buy options or or, um, or similar. So Ilan Melier, our goalkeeper, um, was made permanent from Lorient. Helder Costa was made permanent from uh, Wolves. And we brought in Jack Harrison on a loan to buy option last season, but we've extended that loan to buy option for another season. Um, and then we've put, we've picked up quite a few exciting uh, youngsters. So Joe Gelhart, we picked up in the fire sale from Wigan. Um, Cody Jarme is a, a right back slash centre back from Fulham. And he's been playing for our under 23s and he looks the business. He's been brilliant, as has Sam Greenwood, who we picked up from Arsenal who and Joe Gelhart and Sam Greenwood are the starting strikers for the England under 18 team. So we've done very well for our unders team. And that's largely because we've upped ourselves to a category one academy. So we've needed to uh, bolster there. We brought in Charlie Allen as well, who is a youngster who's playing in Northern Ireland for Linfield. And he's basically gone straight into the under 23s, despite the fact that he's 16 years old. So pretty young. So we've, we had some really exciting youngsters brought through. Um, but beyond that, we were expecting certain positions to be filled, which haven't really been filled. One of them is uh, a sort of replacement for Pablo Hernandez, who, as you know, is getting on a little bit now. Um, he's been struggling with injury, so he hasn't really played so far this season. In fact, I'm not sure he has played at all. Um, but we expected someone to be brought in to replace him. We obviously brought in Rodrigo Moreno from Valencia. And in many respects, we we expected him to be a, a striker. And um, yeah, as you'll know, Patrick Bamford has been pretty um, useful for us mm -hmm. up front. So uh, Rodrigo's only really been playing in the sort of, we play sort of free eights in the same way that Manchester City do. So um, Moreno, uh, Rodrigo Moreno has been playing as one of those free eights um, and has looked largely okay. So, um, we did look to bring in Mikhail, Michel, whatever his name is, Cuisance. Mm -hmm. um, that fell through because of the, of the medical, which is curious because today he's just passed a medical with um, a Marseille, Marseille, I think it is. Yeah, yeah and um, the, the, it was a, it was all a, a very curious situation because everything was agreed. The 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 fees had pr pretty much been agreed. Um, the buy buyout clause had been agreed um the contract had been agreed until 2025 so this was a five-year contract they were looking at um and then in the 11th hour they decided based on something that they found in the medical that they decided that he wasn't wasn't going to get up to speed with the the system quickly enough for it to be worthwhile which sounds weird to me um but yeah there's there's basically something that's gone on behind the scenes and they've decided that they don't want to take the risk on him um i did notice that marseille have um they've, they've basically agreed a swap deal um it's a it's a loan to buy i think and it's a swap deal with someone going the other way yeah, as well so there's obviously there's obviously much less um risk involved i think for them doing it that way so i don't know i don't know what it is i i'm never entirely sure what medicals consist of anyway but the, the noises that we heard was that there was some they found some problem with his foot um and they decided that on the basis of that it was going to take some kind of time for it to sort out and they and they didn't think it was going to be worth it bringing him in um on that sort of time scale the curious thing is is why they haven't brought in anyone else has been a number <laughs> right. of players that we've been talking about all the way through the season. Rodrigo de Paul at Udinese has been a name that's been banded around a lot by Would have by been a great club. signing. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, 
it would have been the ideal signing. Um, it does it offers everything that we need in that in that central midfield position. We've ever since Adam Forshaw has been injured, he got injured over a year ago now. Um, about about seven games into our season last season, um, he he tried to rehabilitate himself, but it got to a point where they decided he needed to have an operation on his hip, which was what was causing the problems. And he's recently started um, running again, training on grass. Um, but there's still been no sign of him in full training. Um, but we've never really replaced him as a as a central midfielder, and we need someone. We we play we play as I said two eights. We we have Matthias Click, who's uh, also a sort of creative, um, advanced player. We we've really missed having, uh, I guess, a more box to box eight midfielder who's press resistant who can help transition the ball through the middle um with with calvin phillips and we've not really looked like we're necessarily going to bring one in we've been linked with um jose campagna um this the spain international he is at levante um we've been linked with a few other names as well here and there um none of them have come to fruition but the big yeah the big question was with rodrigo de paul why was he not signed he was available allegedly for 30 million we in the end didn't go for that being told it was a bit too expensive but then we've been happy to spend um 20 million on um Diego Llorente the the um center back that we signed mm-hmm. from uh, Real Sociedad and 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 we were going to spend 20 million on Cuisance um so the question you would think is why not just bring in Rodrigo de Paul and and solve that problem there because we brought Robin Koch in from Freiburg we've got a decent amount of centre-back coverage there um but it hasn't transpired so the big question i suppose is is, are we not that worried about that position we've been playing Stuart dallas in the middle which is something i don't personally personally like but something that marcelo bielsa is happy to do um or is it simply the case that they are happy that they can pick up someone of of quality from the championship although i don't think that list of center midfielders who i'd be happy playing in the premier league is particularly long i think uh, josh de silva at uh, Brentford is probably about the only player I think who will be on the market and I would be happy to play. So yeah, lots of questions about why they they have decided not to fill that that um that gap. It may simply be that that Rodrigo Moreno has been playing well enough in, in, as a as a sort of eight that they're happy to to take the risk and maybe decide again in January that that they need to fill that position, but that's basically the long and short of the uh the mystery of the missing number 8. Yeah, well, I guess you're just going to have to to paper over that and get the best out of the players that are currently there, at least through January, where one could assume you could do business if if you felt that that position still needed to be filled. Uh, you mentioned uh, Robin Koch there. Uh, we joked uh, before the season even started about how perfect a move that was, considering your your Freiburg allegiances and then obviously uh, your attachment to Leeds as well. Not exactly the glamorous start to his Premier League career as one would have hoped. Was it two penalties in his first two matches? How do you think he's settled in thus far? And do you think it, it will only get better? Because in theory, mm. y- you can't give away 38 penalties in a season. Yeah. Again, another interesting one, because, you know, he was basically the replacement for Ben White, who we tried to get at the beginning of the window. Um, Obviously, Ben White, we had all of last season on loan and we couldn't translate that into a permanent position um, because because Brighton basically want to keep him. And and when you saw Ben White last season, there's no surprises there why that might be the case. Um, Robin Koch, interesting one, because I've like like you said, I've I've, I've followed Freiburg and uh, I've watched Robin Koch across the last few seasons um, since he's been there. And it's, it's, it's really funny going from being a team who dominate possession in, in the championship to being a team who, who are not, I wouldn't say 
struggling with possession. We certainly aren't, but we're we're definitely playing in a different style this this time around. Um, our build-up play is different to the way it was last season. It's partly, I think, because we don't have players like Ben White um, available to us. Um, and so I guess I had misgivings about Robin Koch coming to to Leeds. I wasn't entirely sure how it was going to work. Certainly, Robin Koch's profile is entirely different to Ben White's profile. Um, but it's worked pretty well, to be honest. I mean, apart from uh, a fairly unlucky decision, I think, um, in the Liverpool game, which which saw the ball sort of careen off his knee onto his hand and there's nothing he could really do about it and an absolutely mind-numbing decision to jump in on Joey Bryan um, against Fulham. Uh, apart from that, he's been... I think pretty good, um, certainly defensively, and it's it's nice to see someone who's uh, who's. I mean, he's a big he's a big guy. He's six foot three. Um, he's decent in the air, which is something that we've not got a lot. We've not got a lot of tall players in our team anyway, and we, we he's given us a bit more of a threat from um, from set pieces, and uh, obviously helps out as well defending them. He's also very good at what I like to call backwards defending, so running back towards his own goal um, and covering space there. And we've got Liam Cooper, who's very much not very good at backwards defending. So I think the pairing of those two in the middle probably will work out quite well. He seems to have picked up the the unique man-marking system that we play uh, at Leeds quite quickly, and um, I think he'll be fine. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some howlers that come across at some point, but you know that's the that's the nature of playing the way that we play, um, the, the football that we play, and and having to man mark. Sometimes you you're always going to look a little bit silly. I think the part of the problem with the man marking system is that you know the book stops with the centre backs, and someone can make a mistake in the in the pressing. 20 seconds earlier down the field and then when it comes down to you and you're left with the mess to clear up um you're the last person that, that sort of looks silly and so a lot of the blame can get laid on your shoulder so but so far i think robin cox has been been good and I'm, I'm i'm happy to have him in the team hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, and despite uh, any... Uh glaring issues that, that obviously caught the media as you say he has been playing well as have leads on the whole we talked about before the season that the the early stages were going to be very telling for you with obviously the liverpool and man city matches so early mm-hmm. also you thought fulham would be a really really important one to see where you kind of stack up against the other relegated sides turns out best of the three um, but obviously like i said that exciting match against liverpool you fall just short in you beat Fulham, That you had a pretty dominant lead, they came back in. You've now knocked off Sheffield United, you drew with Man City in what was a fantastically entertaining match, but I'm sure a nerve-wracking one for an actual supporter of one of those two clubs. Are, are you very impressed by how quickly you've adapted to the Premier League, and have you been encouraged that you really can stick in this league? 
I'm not surprised that we've done well in the, in the Premier League from a certain um, perspective. I, I know that I was maybe a little bit more negative going into this season because we just didn't know what to expect whatsoever. Um, I think you've got to take everything with a, with a bit of a pinch of salt. We've we Liverpool get absolutely dismantled yesterday against Villa, which makes our sort of 4-3 um, mm. result look less impressive. Uh, Manchester City, we know, have been have been experimenting with a new structure. They They've obviously um, lost both of their, their starting strikers, which is a, a problem. Um, I think, uh, look, don't, don't get me wrong, I would take a 1-1 one, 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 one draw from um, from Manchester City any day of the week. Um, but yeah, there, are, there, were, there have been a few sort of frailties, you know, to, to be in such a com- commandeering position against Fulham and to then give away two sloppy goals and make it a little bit tighter than it needed to be. is, uh, And I think that was mainly a concentration issue. You know, we were absolutely flying. We scored a few goals in quick succession and then we just sort of uh, let, let things um, slip a little bit. Um, the Sheffield United game, I thought, was, was again, was a good game. We did well to get the win out of it. I think we, we maybe just about deserved the win on the, base, on the back of the second half, but we gave up a, a, a very big chance. We could have easily gone the other way on that one as well. So it's, it's I think as a, as a fan, you just sort of, you have to enjoy what this is. Um, it's it's great being able to play in a league where you're dealing with managers of the tactical brilliance of Jurgen Klopp and and um, Pep Guardiola, and also Chris Wilder is a fantastic coach as well. Um, these have been tight um, tactical battles, and I think maybe maybe um, Leeds are, are causing problems for teams because we are quite different. Just in the, I mentioned the man-marking system already. We're just so unique in the way that we are off the ball that I think that a lot of teams will either struggle to deal with us or will maybe overthink it. I think maybe Pep Guardiola perhaps overthought things a bit yesterday and he changed his um, his structure up in this, in well, for the final 15 minutes and caused us a lot more problems, which I think had he just gone with the 4-2-3-1 from the beginning, he might have um, ameliorated a lot of the problems that he did have. So I, I'm sort of... I'm sort of on the one hand as a fan, it's been absolutely brilliant. I've enjoyed every single game so far. The the games are just enthralling to watch. They're they're very tactical. They're very um, interesting. It's it's nice seeing big coaches sort of um, respond to one another and have uh, punch and counter punch. It's 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 great fun for that. But on the same and by the same um, uh, measure, I'm 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 a little bit more reticent to say oh, I think we'll be fine this season. There's certain things that you know I am worried about. Like we've already talked about how we have a thin squad in certain areas. Um, if we take a couple of injuries or get a suspension, you know, then anything can happen. And and those are the those are more the things that I'm worried about now. Is that is is how this season actually plays out? And the, um, you sort of you know you worry that if someone like Rodrigo Moreno, who has a history of knee injuries picks up a knee injury then you know you you worry about what how how dangerous we're going to look going forward um and similarly we've talked about the central midfield issue if we lose someone like Mateus Click our midfield is starting to look very very ropey indeed so i i i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to remain balanced um i'm enjoying each game as it comes but in terms of the wider picture i do think there are certain questions that do need to be answered and i do think i do think that finishing in the top half is still going to be a big ask a lot of Leeds fans just seem to think it's a, a given now i still think that we'll be there and thereabouts uh, in the in the in the sort of midpoint between um going into the top half and, and being in a relegation battle. And that that literally just comes down to whether or not you're lucky with injuries and suspensions and, and results what like the Sheffield United result, which could have mm. gone another way, but it went our way. So yeah, I think, I think it's, it's good. It's good fun. It's good to be a Leeds fan at the moment. Um, but I don't think that we should jump on the first four games and, and over exaggerate how important they are. Mm. Yeah. You did mention some, some 
concerns, obviously, despite those positive results. Something that stands out for me is typically the teams that are high up in blocks or tackles one um, are the teams that are kind of near the bottom of the table. The, the worst mm-hmm. defenses, if you will, will have the higher percentages of blocks and tackles and you currently lead the league in both of them but conversely you're also third in shots on target behind only Tottenham and Liverpool I, I know you're you're very tactically astute Do, can you make much sense of of that is it just that you're always willing to bomb forward so you're always exposed at the back yeah it, it, again it comes down to this it comes down to the man marking system really I think we are what Marcelo Bielsa is very very good at is is getting his team to move well. So we look dangerous going forward because we end up going forward with a lot of players and the the man marking system out of possession is designed so that we can then largely get back into into a sort of defensive structure without too much of an issue if we are overcommitted going forwards. Um the man marking system as well I think means that we do make more blocks because you're you're the the general sort of logic behind what we do is is that each player will have a, a man uh, quote unquote, and they will know who their man is, and and so I think b- because of that, you just t- they tend to be sort of tracking their man a little bit more, and it does mean that if you're not careful, you can get rolled by your man and lose your man quite easily. But a lot of the time, it also means that um, you're not often going to have spare men who aren't covered by someone, and so I think the the blocks have largely come down to that that you're just sort of closer, you're trying to get touch tight to your player, and um, and and as, as a result of that, you 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 make those blocks. So I do think we are cheating XG a little bit because I don't think those blocks will be counted in the uh, against column mm. for us. Um, so, but at the same time, you know, like my my biggest concern has been that we wouldn't create enough XG at the other end, and we we're doing that. That we out we out XG'd Manchester City, depending on which model you looked at. Um, but even even uh, stats bomb i think who were maybe a little bit more conservative on these yeah. things we we got 1.7 xg to their 1.5 which is you know that's that's close enough to to parity against manchester city and i'm i'm pleased with that um so yeah i think it's just it's just i think bielsa is happy to to risk conceding chances if it means that he's generating chances at the other end and at the moment i don't think there's any reason to worry about that um Yes, in the first few games we did, we we sort of um, xG'd other teams a little bit as well. In the in the other way, you know, we we scored from very few chances against Liverpool, um, and and we well truly deserved to lose that game. Really, um, if you just take it on the balance of play, um, we also gave Fulham way too many chances too. But against Sheffield United, we were we were brilliant, and against Manchester City, we were brilliant as well. So, I, I think it's just a, a case of um, of just making sure that you're you're producing as many chances as you're giving away and and hoping that the system sort of covers its its, its own back. Gotcha. Well, it's certainly uh, back both Bielsa and and a lot of the players that you have. Just it's it's an interesting statistical uh, profile that you're currently mm. rocking. That, that uh, we'll see how it resolves. <laughs> throughout the season um let's just wrap up by briefly going back to transfers i'm going to very kindly ask you to swap hats obviously you are our bundesliga expert on the very brief uh, bundesliga for beginner shows that we had at the end of last season and i just wanted to very quickly touch on Jaden sancho and manchester united from the bundesliga perspective surely the thought is just that they said what the price was and when it had to be paid by and then they didn't yeah, I think it's it's a simple one. You know, we've seen this happen with Dortmund before. Dortmund are very savvy, I think, in their in their approach to the transfer window. They 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 will lay down their price and say what they're happy to take. They'll give as they did a, a deadline of which that price is to be met. And if that isn't reached, then 
they will say, well, thank you very much. You haven't you haven't reached the stipulations of, of our verbal agreements. So uh, to me, it strikes me as being a very simple process, which I think just sort of shows how you, you've got to be a bit more savvy now. And I think in, in, in elite football, it's not so it's not a case that you can be like, I'm a big club. I've got this money. You should therefore give me your players. Um, I think the, the, there's an understanding now that you can negotiate with with big players as a as a selling team. I'm sorry, big clubs as a selling team, and um, Borussia Dortmund have enough to offer. I think young players that that they're that they, those players are willing to stay for another season if if the need arises. And then once that once you've reached that point, then there's there's nothing to stop you from just saying, you know what, we're going to keep this player for another season you could good luck buying him next time around so um i think look i think it's pretty impressive what 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 it is that dortmund achieved their their talent spotting is incredible um the the amount of players who've gone through that system just their willingness to you know sort of buy the jude bellinghams and geo rainers of this world and play them as teenagers in in that league in a league where they get constantly um uh rounded on because they should be doing better vis a vis Bayern Munich, but the fact that they're willing to to take risks on players and develop those players and um, and play those players even when there's a huge amount of pressure on them to actually challenge the title at a, against a club who are obviously much better than them, I think is is really laudable. And I think mm. the the benefits that they get from that is that these young players are happy to um, to happy to take those risks with them in the, in the transfer market too. So I think Manchester United should have either just coughed up the money early on or admitted they weren't going to get it and, and moved on and looked for targets elsewhere. But Manchester United are a tire fire at the moment. And um, <laughs> these things, are, these things have happened in the past and they will continue to happen whilst it looks like uh, Ed Woodward is in control. Totally unbiased, I'm sure. And <laughs> they, they, there are still a few hours left for them to try to swing a, a right winger in. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's weird that he was their main target and that they tried to drag it on and negotiate with Dortmund, who are a team that are willing to sell. They just don't have to sell. And I feel yeah. like Woodward may have missed that nuance. Um, just to finish up the Bundesliga stuff, you talked about how talented Dortmund are this year, but obviously not the bigger club of the two. Is this the year that they break the, the Bayern Munich dominance? I'd say, isn't it? We we've come into this season just being like, well, you know, this is this is going to be the season where we we're asking whether or not Bayern can go invincible, um, and and obviously that that hasn't happened within <laughs> a few, few, few already weeks. slipping so, up. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the the, the narratives are tired uh, and and often repeated. But after Dortmund lost, and then and then Bayern went and lost. You know, after Dortmund lost, everyone was like, well, here we go again. And then Bayern lost, and then even at the weekend, they were lucky to come away with a win. Um, for some reason, they're looking quite fragile now. I don't know what's going on, but there's clearly something in, in, in impacting elite football around the world at the moment. It's not the case that the teams that were so um, leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else are, are easily rolling smaller teams over. Mm. Um, clearly, the coronavirus situation has impacted um, the fitness of, of the way the clubs are coming out after the short um, summer that we've just had. So, yeah, who knows what's going to happen? There's, a, there's an extent to which, you know, that makes things more exciting, doesn't it? Isn't it? Because, you know, we all want to see Bayern's dominance broken. But at the same time, you know, even just watching the football yesterday, yeah, it's great to see teams just with these crazy results but there's a sense in which i much prefer a 1-1 draw with manchester city a sort of carefully um battled tactics um um contest there than than just sort of liverpool being deflected and then and then just sort of collapsing to to an aston villa side that just it almost just seems implausible it doesn't mm. seem real um 
obviously if you're a Villa fan that's that's a completely different story entirely but I I want to see a more competitive um uh, Premier League I don't want to see a, a, a Premier League where the the, the results are just insane. So yeah, hopefully things will start leveling out a little bit and um, we'll start seeing a few more competitive fixtures. But yeah, in the Bundesliga, um, it could mean that we actually do have a, a fairly competitive um, uh, top of the table, especially with some of these clubs coming through with with exciting managers who don't have quite the same resources, but they have mm. the, the tactic and know-how to, to actually cause problems. So yeah, any, any result where let's face it even Dortmund and Bayern losing is is going to be good for for managers like Julian Nagelsmann and uh and Marco Rosa as well so yeah I, I think it's going to be an exciting Bundesliga season and I'm excited to see how it unfolds all right well thank you for covering both Leeds and the Bundesliga here for us today and uh yeah as for Leeds very positive start to the season seven points currently sitting eighth. I'm sure you would have taken that at the start of the year. Uh, if you'd like to tell folks where they could find you or anything you're working on, that'd be a good time. Yeah, so Twitter is the best place to find the stuff that I'm putting out. So as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, my handle is at John underscore McKenzie. Uh, if you're interested in the lead side in particular, particularly from a tactical or statistical point of view, then head over to All Stats, aren't we? That's our Twitter handle. We've got plenty of stuff going on over there as well. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on. Best of luck to Leeds for the rest of the season. I'm sure we'll speak soon. Always a pleasure. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.